0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Passive Cash Flow Podcast. This is Aaron Fregnito, your host, and episode number 14 here at People's Capital Group. So today we're gonna to talk about how I made my first million in real estate. It's quite a story. Uh, so many mistakes in there. And you know, also to clarify, you know, a lot of people in real estate they say they made their first million and everything. Now, as far as I'm concerned, a full disclosure, I think being a millionaire means you take home a million dollars in a year. So I am not a millionaire. I'm not taking home a million dollars in cash in a year. Uh, That would be crazy. I'm 32 years old and we haven't built our company quite there yet, but um, I certainly do have uh, well over a million dollars of uh, equity in real estate. So when I say my first million, I'm going to talk about how I created my first million dollars of real estate net equity. Okay, So if I sold all my real estate, I'd have uh, well over a million dollars. So I think that's quite an accomplishment. I want to talk about that and how I built my first million in real estate over the last uh, 10 years here in uh, New Jersey. So again, if you want to learn about how you can get a invested in one of our apartment buildings, uh, go to peoplescapitalgroup.com. We buy a new apartment building uh, every single uh, three or four months here in New Jersey. We work with passive investors who get awesome returns on their investment. And to learn how you can qualify for that investment opportunity, go to peoplescapitalgroup.com and put your information in. We'll contact you, see if you qualify, or come to one of our upcoming events here at People's Capital Group. So let's jump into it here. Okay, how did I make my first million? What were the mistakes I made? What were the smart things I did? Obviously, I did a few things right, but I probably I did a lot more wrong, uh, and those make better stories, so we'll talk about those a little more. Um, So the first building I got, uh, well, the first commercial piece of real estate I bought was a six-family building with Seth, and we got this by putting uh, signs on... Telephone poles. Okay. And um, that, that kind of sparked me off to, you know, getting buildings, buying, renovate, refinancing, getting our money back. We bought the building for about $220,000. It was a motivated seller. He mismanaged the property. There were about three vacant units on the property and uh, out of six. So half the building was vacant. And uh, we bought the building for two twenty, dollars put another $50,000 into it or so, and got it fully leased up. Okay. At this point, it was a fully uh, leased up six family in uh, Newark there. And um, we had it appraised for about $500,000, so we pulled out about $350,000 of our money, so we got back our entire initial investment, and we pocketed some cash on top of that, okay? Now, that's tax-free cash that we pocketed, because when you do a buy, renovate, refinance out, and you refinance that cash out of your property, that's non-taxable income, because it's debt. We're not selling the building. We're not exiting the LLC. We're buying, renovating, refinancing the building. We're getting all our money back. And if you do your job really well, you get some money on top of getting all your money back. So that's called a cash-out refi. We exercise that strategy to today. That's how our investors make awesome tax-free returns on our buildings. But now we do it on a larger scale. Um, It's uh, more profitable to do it on a 25 unit than it is on a six unit, you can imagine. So we still do six units, but we prefer larger Scale buildings these days. Um, so that was our first building we bought, renovated, refinanced out. If you want to Google the B R R R strategy, the Burr strategy. Well, before everyone, all those millennials on uh, Bigger Pockets were talking about it. We were doing it in Newark. So uh, before it was called a cool buzzword, we were doing it. So uh, the Burr strategy is now a buzzword, and you can Google that B R R R, and that's what everyone's doing these days. And it's an age-old practice to uh, build wealth in real estate. The only difference is now the millennials millennials, which I am so I can make fun of them, uh, have given it a name. So now it's called the Burr strategy. So it's really cool to do now because uh, it's got a name. So um, that's how we did our first building. From that point, we got a 25 unit building. All right. Now, remember this all kind of started with me making a plan as well. I was a ski instructor in Colorado after I had graduated from college and it was around 2010 and the market was terrible. So just going back before I got that first building with Seth, you know, I really didn't know what I want to do with my life. I was a ski instructor in Colorado. I remember Enterprise Rent a Car said I could work for Enterprise Rent a Car. I went to a job fair before I graduated college and they said if I worked really hard at Enterprise Rent a Car, they'd start me at $32,000 a year. And then by the time I was 65, if I put enough money away, my IRA, and made the right decisions, I could retire. So um, that didn't really interest me. I said, no, nah, that's not the path I want. I don't want to build someone else's dream and, and slowly climb the corporate ladder. And I'm sure I would have done. Just fine, an enterprise or in a car. Uh, Maybe I'd have my own franchise by now. Who knows, man? I Would have climbed right quite quickly. I would have been a millionaire anyway. But you know, for the most part, I did have a passion for that. So I went out and taught kids how to ski in Colorado for six months. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I read uh, uh, Trump University books. I read uh, David Lendall, and I learned how to do all these things uh, in real estate, and they made it seem so easy. So I went back and to New Jersey, got my real estate license, started selling houses as a realtor, and eventually teamed up with Seth and bought that six family I described previously. Um, So, you know, it was a good way to get started. I'm still a realtor today. Um, I worked hard uh, to build a team as an agent. And for about five years, I worked very hard as an agent from about 2010 to 2015. And then I started slowing down the realtor side and focusing more on the investment side. And, um, you know, I started flipping houses as well around 2012 and, my first flip was not a successful investment Uh, we lost about seven thousand dollars on it i had a lot of challenges i brought on a business partner whose last business filed bankruptcy and it was a business coaching business so Uh, I decided to team up initially with a business partner who uh, had filed bankruptcy uh, in his coaching business for other business leaders. So he would coach people how to run a successful business and his business filed bankruptcy. That's the definition of ironic. Uh, So I decided he was a good business partner. I teamed up with him. We did a flip together and he ended up stealing money from the account, not getting the right insurances, not hiring the right contractors, not doing his job right, not being a good partner and uh, stealing money uh, most of all, aside from just being an incompetent partner. He was a thief as well. So I ended up having to get rid of him very quickly and quick claim the deed and everything like that. So, uh, you know, a lot of challenges there. I ended up cleaning up the mess and only losing $7,000. And, uh, you know, I never forget that person that investment that deal um you know such a mistake like that on my end to hire such a loser uh who i knew wouldn't be a good partner who uh was not successful in business um didn't have any money or credit and he was like 65 years old and i you know what was i thinking so in this case i was taking advantage of. i was a young entrepreneur and um i learned the hard way that you know your partner is so important to have the same values of you as you uh be uh, you know Work with integrity and honesty, and compliment your weaknesses too, like Seth does today. So now my current business partner, he's amazing. Uh, we've been working together for uh, you know eight to ten years now, and and basically um, you know he really compliments my weaknesses, which is so important, and I compliment his uh, weaknesses as well. And you know it's important because we everyone has th- strengths in this world, and everyone has weaknesses, and you got to know what they are, and you got to partner with someone. Who complements your uh, strengths, you know, compliment, really complements your strengths, you could say, right? So they have, their strengths are your weaknesses and vice versa. So anyway, uh, I flipped a the house there, I lost some money, I bought a six family with Seth, you know, that went well, we got our money back out, we went, then we bought a 25 unit property. Now that was in South Jersey, about two hours away from us and we hired a management company that was very reputable and they um, promised the world and completely underdelivered and kept the building at about 75% occupancy, uh, which was uh, really far below the 95 they promised. So we got rid of them, we hired a small family run uh, company there, a management company, And then he ended up meeting tenants at the property, collecting the first month's rent and security deposit and running off with the money and doing the same thing with another tenant for the same unit an hour later. And he would meet three or four people at the property and lease out the same unit to four, you know, three or four people, collect all the money and run off. So obviously not a very reputable property manager. So we had to take them to court. And we developed uh, at that time, we decided to develop our own management company. So that's around 2013 or so. We had that 25 unit. We were starting to buy a lot of twos and threes here in Newark and East Orange. And we were starting to really acquire a lot of real estate as I raised capital. And and uh, we bought, renovated, refinanced out and then leveraged that capital again and then raised more capital to buy more buildings. So as we got bigger and bigger, you know, 30, 40 unit, you start to realize, okay, We are so reliant on a management company that if you're gonna be building a real estate holding company, it really makes sense once you get over 50 units to start your own management company. Um, It's not a very profitable venture, but it allows us to keep control of our assets. And by controlling our assets, we make better money, our investors are more confident, Everyone makes better returns, more consistent returns, and we can protect our investors' capital a lot better than just hoping some management company does their job right and answers with integrity. Because we found out that management companies can lie to you. They could send you the information that's not accurate, they can send you falsified documents, they can meet tenants of the property, steal the money and, and not tell you about it. There are people as well, management companies have you know, their flaws, there's some great ones out there, but in our experience, the big one and the small one were both a complete waste of time. One was even a thief, so that was even worse. Um, so we developed our own management company then about uh, six years ago or so, and we uh, did not look back from that point. There were a lot of challenges. You know, we uh, hired uh, contractors that were really good. We said, "Okay, you're such a good contractor, we're going to put you on payroll. I'm going to pay you uh, you know eighty thousand dollars a year." And the guy worked like six days a week for us, seven days a week. But all of a sudden, jobs started taking longer things weren't fixed properly, and as soon as you put a contractor on payroll, oh, jobs take twice as long now. What a surprise. When you pay someone per the hour, it takes more hours. So we realized the right way to pay contractors is on a completion basis, on a production basis. If you finish the job, you close out the permit, you get paid, right? There's there's parts along the job, and, and for each completion level, you get a check. That's the right way to pay contractors. We figured that out the hard way, putting contractors on payroll, trying to develop our own Uh, construction company as we were flipping a dozen houses. So at this point, it's 2013, 2014, we're starting to flip a lot of houses. And one of the biggest mistakes I made and Seth made was that we got really distracted flipping houses. And we flipped about 50 houses over about five or six years and, and 90% of them were profitable ventures. However, there was about 10% of those flips that didn't make money. About five out of 50 didn't make money. In fact, the losses were so large on a few because we got into high-end flips that it really devastated our gains on our other flips. So at the end of the year, we're like, wait a minute. If you lose a ton of money on three high-end flips and you make decent money on you know eight low-end flips... You break even at the end of the year. You know, flipping houses is a very hard gig. The hardest dollar I've ever earned is flipping houses. The easiest dollar was probably being a listing agent or owning income properties that are well managed by my management company, but it took years to get there. So, you know, being a listing agent was a great way to get started. I made good money that way quickly. I was able to make, you know, $50,000 by my uh, second year. I made about 150 by my third year. So much better than enterprise rent a car. I was able to make money very quickly. Um, However, as a realtor, that money was highly taxed and I worked seven days a week and I hated that. Weekends, you know, bottom of the totem pole, working as a realtor is tough. So, um, you know, I kind of burnt out with that, but I I did very well. By my third year as an agent, I had a team. I was at Remax, I was making 150 grand year. I was flipping houses with Seth. I was buying properties with Seth. We were developing our management company. We were making our mistakes on the 25 unit in South Jersey, which we eventually sold for a very nice profit. And those investors today uh, reinvested mostly in uh, properties up here with us. And um, so, you know, if I could go back and do it all again, I would definitely have stayed on track. All right. We make so many mistakes as entrepreneurs, as real estate investors, as business owners, we get off track because there's many talking heads out there. There's a lot of people telling you to do this or do that or this guru, you know, made money doing that. This guru made money doing that. That's why I started this video explaining, you know, what I mean by how I made my first million because there's so many gurus out there that, you know, and I hate it. You listen to their videos and they're all success. They've never made a mistake. And it's so false, it's so wrong. And if you've never made a mistake, then you're bound for one, and I'm not gonna invest in you, right? You wanna invest in the guys that are like, listen, I've lost money, I've made money, okay? I know what those red flags are. I know what those things are that I've done, those mistakes I've made. I've seen other people lose money. I've teamed up with the wrong people. I've bought the wrong property. I've overestimated resale values. I've underestimated construction costs. I've made these mistakes. My partner and I have survived these mistakes together, and we've come out of it stronger business leaders, stronger men, stronger investors, and right now we're running the strongest company we've ever run, so by having those mistakes, by talking about those mistakes, not only do people realize you're human and that really at the end of the day, you're actually stronger and better off for them. You know, our failures make us who we are. They build character, right? I love the story my pastor told me years ago when he shot the basket in the wrong hoop and uh, he, and he lost the game for his uh, high school basketball team. and And the coach said, well, you know, that builds character. And my pastor said, well, if that builds character, then I don't want any. So, you know, character sucks. Character's hard. It's tough. You know, my losses is maybe who I am today, you know. And I'm not saying, obviously, most of our investments are successful. We've never had a loss when it comes to apartment buildings. We've never had a loss when it comes to long-term buy and holds. They're far more forgiving, all right? So, as I said in other videos, the best way to make money in real estate is uh, – Being a listing agent or owning apartment buildings long-term that are well-managed. And everything else is hard. It's very hard. It's very hard to flip houses. It's hard to manage contractors. You're going to, you know, basically HGTV tells you and those gurus tell you, hey, go out, start a construction company because that's what a flipping business is. It's a construction company. You are now reconstructing houses, you know, and sometimes they can be 100-year-old houses. It's very complicated. It's very difficult. It's very time intensive, it's very capital intensive, and it's filled with risks and unknowns, and it's the riskiest way to make money. The reason HGTV tells you to do it, the reason the gurus tell you to do it after paying them $30,000 is because um, it's all around us, Everyone loves the idea of taking the ugly block a uh, house on the block and making it nice. It's kind of like a pride thing, right? And and we get it, you know, it's very sexy to take something that's ugly and and and, and beat up and, and to be the hero and come in and fix it up and make it better. There's there's a reward to that. There's a tangible physical reward. But guess what? If you're just here to make money in the real estate business, that's the hardest way to make it. So have fun, you know, redesigning your home. You know, fixing up a home. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe you like painting. Maybe you like things like I I enjoy painting. I really do actually. I enjoy landscaping. I I actually enjoy doing that on the weekends. So, but that's not what I'm going to go out and do all the time. I don't want to do that. You know, it's not the best use of my time. So, when it comes to real estate, you know, if I just stuck with continuing to buy apartment buildings, raise capital, uh, improve my management company fine tune those systems i would have got to a million very quickly It took me about eight, eight to ten years to get to a million dollars in net worth and um I would have got there much quickly if I just fine-tuned our process of buying and repositioning apartment buildings, which we do today. So my time is fully invested now, buying and repositioning apartment buildings. And if you want to learn more about how you can get invested in those apartment buildings, how you can start earning passive cash flow through New Jersey apartment buildings without having to do any of the work or take the risk with the mortgage and take the risk with all the responsibilities without all that, but still earning nice cash flow, nice tax benefits, nice benefits of owning passive real estate, Um, go to our website, peoplescapitalgroup.com, put your information in, see if you qualify for an upcoming investment. We, We make it very easy to invest with us, very attainable a low uh, starting amount. So um, go to peoplescapitalgroup.com, see if you qualify for one of our upcoming apartment building investments, and uh, I hope you learned a few things of how I got to my first million. If you haven't figured it out, I basically kept buying, renovating, refinancing buildings. We did the 25 unit, we sold that for a nice profit. We kept buying twos and threes and sixes, and now I'm buying a $3 million building next month and a million dollar building this month, so it's starting to really steamroll nicely that I'm building my wealth at a six-figure rate quarter now. Um, So, you know, to learn more about how you can invest passively in these buildings, go to peoplescapitalgroup.com. My name is Aaron Fragnito. Uh, Good luck to you.